Good morning. I'm Elder Wayne Bragg. We're here at the Living Water Christian Center Church where the word is plentiful and the spirit of the Lord lives. We ask that you would enjoy and tune in to this word. It's a great word this morning. We hope you enjoy the word. We hope that you reach others. And again, we would like for you to like us, subscribe, comment, and share this word that is coming from the man of God this morning, none other than our pastor, Theodore A. Faison. Thank you. God bless. Praise God. It's good to be in the house of the Lord today. And we thank God for all you who are with us. We thank you for your support, your time, um, your online giving, and your prayer support. We are so grateful. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you because you're our God and our Father, and you hear our prayers. And we're so grateful to be here again to celebrate you during this time. We thank you for all that you're doing, Lord. We ask that you speak to us out of your word. And we ask that you minister to the hearers of your word today, that we who have an ear will hear what the Spirit of God is saying unto the churches. Touch our ears, teach us to listen, and touch our eyes that we might see Christ. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We're so grateful. So summertime is over, school's about to begin, and people are getting ready, and um, some of the colleges have already started, some of the Catholic schools and Southern schools have already started. And so our prayers are for the students and the faculty and the staff and the parents and the family members as we enter this different kind of school year this year. You know, so many districts are going virtual, but um, education is so important that we have to do something. And so we solicit your prayers for all those involved, amen? Pray for the administrators too, the governor and, and all the superintendents and all those folks, the, the decision makers. <laughs> they all need prayer. Praise God. We're going to go back to the word of God. Last time I was here, we was in 1 Peter chapter 3, and we had talked about how um, we ought to be careful what we say. You know, Peter taught us not to rail for rail. That means... Not to be so mad and talking back to people and not to um, talk bad about folks who talk bad about you. Remember, Jesus said we ought to bless those that curse you and do good to them that do bad to you and pray for your enemies. And he taught us that we, we treat people the way we want to be treated. It's the golden rule. All right. So however you want to be treated, that's how you treat other people especially the people you know and especially the strangers. And so we're going to move on away from there. And it says here that it's important. In verse 12 it says, For the eyes of the Lord are, all, are over the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. So God is watching us, and he's listening. He is listening for our prayers. Okay? So we want to be mindful of that and be a praying people. We want to always be praying. Pray without ceasing. Pray always. Pray with thanksgiving in our hearts, and just constantly pray. Every situation, we want to pray about it. Get up in the morning, go to bed at night, eat your meal. Uh, whatever the situation is, we want to be prayerful. Amen? We want to be a prayerful people. And here's what, Peter else, what else Peter has to say about this subject. And he says, who... Is he that will harm you 
if you be followers of that which is good. Peter's saying, who's going to bother you? Who's going to harm you if you're doing the things that are good? Okay, now I understand that we're in a time and it seems like there's um, a lot of social unrest because of police brutality against black men and not just black men, but against black people in general. And there's a, a lot of unrest. And, and, and Peter's saying, who's going to bother you? Who's going to harm you if you're doing that which is good? All right? And you have to understand the original readers of this are people who are being persecuted for being Christians and for following Christ. Okay? So they're, they're being persecuted. And Peter is saying, who's going to bother you? Who's going to harm you? To people who are being persecuted at the time. But let me finish what, let me finish what else he says here. He says, but if ye suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are you. And be not afraid of the terror, neither be troubled. So he, he says, who's going to harm you? They know who's going to harm them. All right? But he says, if you suffer for righteousness' sake, it's a, you should be happy. Okay? Jesus said, blessed are those who, per, who are persecuted, you know? And who are, who are spoken evil of. And, and people who are saying all men are evil against you for his, for his sake. Because so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Jesus said it's a blessing. It's a good thing to suffer for righteousness sake. Okay? It's a good thing to suffer because you did right. As opposed to suffering for doing something wrong. If you suffer for wrongdoing, you ought to take it patiently, the Bible says. But if you suffer because you're doing the right thing, you should be glad. Now, understand, that's, kind of, that's not natural for us, and we don't automatically go to gladness when we're suffering. But we have to remind ourselves who we are and remind ourselves what the Bible says about us. And Peter is the one who could say this because Jesus told him in, in, um, in John chapter 21, Jesus told him, how he was going to die. Matter of fact, we could flip over to that real quick. Let's look at the Gospel of John, chapter 21, and I want to read a little something to you. Okay, so this is Jesus after the resurrection, and this is the third time he appeared unto the disciples. And he questions Peter. He'll tell, he'll say, Peter, you know, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And Peter says, yea, Lord, you know I love you. And he says, feed my lambs. Then he asked him again, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said, yes, I love you. You know I love you. You know, he says, feed my sheep. Then he asked Peter the third time. And at this point, Peter's getting annoyed. The Bible says he was grieved. But he was getting annoyed. And he says, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And he wants to know, do you love me more than you love these guys? And, and Peter said, you know I love you. You know everything. <laughs> you know everything. You know I love you. And Jesus says, um, feed my sheep. And then Jesus tells him, and this is what I want to read to you. In verse 18, he says, verily, verily, I say unto you, when thou wast young, thou girded thyself. Gird means to dress yourself. And walketh whether you wouldeth, but when thou, when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hand, and another shall gird thee, 
and carry thee whether thou wouldest not. In other words, somebody's going to take you where you don't want to go. Verse 19 says, This spake he signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken thus, he said unto him, Follow me. So Peter understood. When Peter is reaching out and writing to a church that's being persecuted, he reaching out at, in, in, the, um, in the idea and in the knowledge and in the filter that he himself is going to be martyred one day. He knew that he would be martyred. He's already been persecuted. He knows what it's like to be slapped around and beat and told not to preach in this name anymore. He knows about that. So when Peter tells the saints that, you know, who's going to harm you? When he asked that question, he's, he's already been, he himself had been harmed and knows how he's going to die and what the Lord says here, how he's going to glorify God in his death. All right? So when we go back to 1 Peter chapter 3, okay, we, we, see, we see Peter talking to the saints. And reminding them, you know, first he remind them of who they are and remind them of how they should conduct themselves when they're being persecuted, when they're being picked on. And he's telling them to be glad. Oh, my goodness. What did he say in verse 14? He said, and if ye suffer for righteousness sake, happy are ye. Be not afraid of the terror, neither be troubled. Verse 15 says, but sanctify, that means set apart. Sanctify the Lord in your hearts, that's your mind, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. And meekness is gentleness and fear is reverence. So he's saying to the saints, always be ready. You know, I, I believe he's saying it in the context of being persecuted and being picked on and being charged. But in any case, we should always be ready to give an answer of why we have this hope. Why do I have this hope in Jesus? Why do I have this hope of another life? Why do I have the hope of salvation? I need to be ready. You and I need to be ready to give an answer. All right? And we need to give the answer not, in, not boastfully, not arrogantly, not in a sense that I'm better than you, I'm going to heaven, you're going to hell. You know, not that kind of way, but in a gentle way and in a reverent way. You know, with gentleness and respect, we need to be able to answer these questions to whomever asks us. You know, whether it's people in authority or whether it's your peer group, no matter who it is, we need to be able to give an answer why we have a hope. And look what it says here. It says, having a good conscience, verse 16, that whereas ye, they speak evil of you as of evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. All right? So, all right, we have the context of being picked on and persecuted, and they speak evil. They speak evil of the church today, y'all because of what you believe. You know, because the Bible, the, what the Bible has to say about homosexuality and about fornication, and when you say it, you're called a bigot. 
You know, you're called the bigot. Right now, because, because of what the Bible, you have a biblical worldview, and you want to say what the Bible says, and, you, and you'll get picked on for that. Don't do it in the public schools. Don't do it in the government. You know, it's wrong, you know. And so um, when you say these things, when you say these things, you're going to be you're going to be accused and you're going to be talked about falsely. Right? And all you're doing is talking about your view and what you believe according to the word of God. All right. And so, you know, in Canada, you can't even talk about homosexuality. You can't preach about it. Well, you can, but you will be arrested. Okay? You will be arrested if you do. And so that's the thing here. Okay? And, and, and so what he says is we need to conduct ourselves in such a way when the false accusers, when the false accusers realize they've been wrong, they will be ashamed. Okay? They will be ashamed. When the false accusers realize that they accuse you wrongfully, they'll be ashamed. Look what else it says here. Verse 17 says, For it is better if the will of God be so that ye suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. This is saying again, if you suffer because you've done right, if you suffer because you told the truth, if you suffer because you refuse to commit a wrongdoing, if you suffer because you are honest, and if you suffer because you are in Christ, you suffer because you're in Christ, it is better, it is better to suffer that way than to suffer as an evildoer. So in other words, you and I, we're not supposed to be doing evil anyway. We're supposed to excuse evil. We're supposed to abhor evil. We're supposed to avoid the appearance of evil. We're supposed to be like Job. Job was such a man that he avoided even appearance of evil. And we need to be that way. We need to be that man, that woman, that child that does not do wrong and that tries to avoid doing wrong and stays away from the appearance of doing wrong. All right? Because people are watching us and there are people that are watching us hoping that we're telling the truth and hoping that we're doing right. And then there are the accusers. Watch you, believer, that watch you waiting for you to do the wrong thing. So they could call it out and say, see, I told you, it's not real, it's fake, it's not real, they're hypocrites, they're not telling the truth. All right, and so what do we need to do? We need to always be watchful, be prayerful, speak the truth, and give an answer of why we believe in Jesus Christ. Okay, and we need to do that in a gentle, in a reverent, respectful way. You know, we don't have to yell people down. We don't have to condemn folks. We don't have to shout them out. We don't have to do those things. We need, we need to be gentle and respectful when we represent Jesus Christ and when we talk about our love for Christ and when we talk about our hope in him and when we talk about our salvation and when you give your testimony and talk about how he saved you from sins and how he saved you from your bad behavior, how he saved you and how he healed you. And when you talk about these things, we need to be respectful as we do it. Remember, we talked about Jesus when he was standing before the Sanhedrin. Even though he's Lord, 
and there, and he's the son of God and God himself, he was respectful to those religious leaders. Okay? He was respectful. Even though he's the one that deserved the respect and honor and did not receive it, he was yet respectful to them. And you and I need to be respectful. We talked about this before. We talked about respecting people in certain offices. Respect them for the office that they're in. Remember that? No matter how they behave, if they're in the office, we need as a minimum respect the office that they're in. But anybody that questions us or anytime we have the opportunity to share, we need to tell the individuals why we have the hope, why we have the salvation, and what we believe, and why we trust Jesus, and how we know by faith that he is the Lord, the Son of the living God, and that he died for our sins, and he's risen again on the third day, right? And even now, he makes, he's at the right hand of the Father. He's in heaven making intercession for the saints. And we're saints if we're believers. We're not saints because of the way we behave ourselves. We're saints because we trust in Jesus and we receive that gift of salvation. All right? And we need to tell the hearers and anyone who pays attention that they can have the same gift. No matter what their background is, no matter their race or previous beliefs or ethnicity or gender or anything else, no matter what, they can have that same salvation and that same confidence and that same peace of mind that you have because you're a believer in Jesus Christ. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and he's, he has a family member who's, who's, who's in hospice care, and, 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 you know, and, and she's in a bad way, and he knows that she's going to depart this life soon. But he has a peace. He was telling me he has a confidence, he has a peace, because he has Jesus. I don't, understand, I, don't know what, I don't know what I would do without Christ, and I'm not sure what people who do not have Christ, how they go through their problems and their trials and their tests and their situations. I don't know. I don't know how they get through it. But I know the only way I get through it is because the Lord allows me. He gives me peace, and he gives me strength. He gives me um, comfort, and he walks with me. Amen? He walked with you, too. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, he's walking with you. And so that's the thing we want to remember. And I'll just read this next verse. Verse 18 says, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive, that's what quicken means, but made alive by the Spirit. Amen. It says that Christ suffered for sins, the just for the unjust. He who knew no sin became sin that you and I might become the righteousness of God in him. And so we thank God for that. And we celebrate Jesus every chance we get and to remind people that he died for our sins and all of us have sinned. <laughs> all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But he who knew no sin took my sin on, took your sins on, that you and I could take on his righteousness. That's a beautiful thing. We're so grateful today. Let's pray. And Lord, we thank you because you did endure all these things 
so that sinners like me could be saved today. And we are so grateful for these things even now, Lord. And we ask that you bless the hearers of the word today and that if there's a man, woman, or a child out there who does not know you and have not had their sins pardoned, that you would draw them by your spirit. We know you're drawing them. And that they would come to Christ and make a decision for you and just simply ask Jesus into their life. Do these things for them, Father. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And we thank you for it, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much. On behalf of our pastors, Theodore and Linda Faison, we would like to thank you for joining the Living Water Christian Center Church for our Sunday morning virtual service. Although the physical doors of our church may be closed, our ministry is committed to spreading the gospel message and staying connected with you as we shelter in place. If you need any assistance or would like to send any prayer requests, you can contact us at 973 902 9933 or livingwater374 at gmail.com. We are also available via direct message at any of our social media platforms. To support our ministry with your tithes and offerings, you can use PayPal at livingwaterccc, Cash App at Living H2O Church, or Zelle at 973 902 9933. Follow us at Living H2O Church on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to stay updated on our virtual worship services, Sunday school classes, prayer meetings, and Bible studies. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Be blessed and stay safe.